Welcome to the Data Driven Podcast. I'm Dominic Bohan, the host of the Data Driven Podcast here, and today we've got a special episode for you, which is going to be guest hosted by Deidre Downing, who is the Chief Learning Officer at Story IQ. Deidre's got a wealth of experience in education focused on teaching large enterprises the value of data literacy. I'm thrilled to invite Deidre and some of her friends to take the mic and share their knowledge with you, our loyal listeners. Okay. Here's a special data literacy episode of the Data Driven Podcast, guest hosted by Deidre Downing, the Chief Learning Officer at Story IQ. Welcome to the Data Driven Podcast, where we dive deep into getting more value from our business data. Whether you're a data professional, leader, or just curious about developing data skills, the Data Driven Podcast is here to guide you along your journey. Hello, my name is Deidre Downing from Story IQ. And this week, we're going to discuss navigating full-stack data operations and evolving legacy organizations. Joining us is Aaron Gorm, who is the Senior Director of Enterprise Data and Analytics at JR Simplot. JR Simplot is a privately held food and agribusiness company located in Boise, Idaho. Today, Aaron and I are going to talk about running a full-stack data shop. So here we go. Here's my conversation with Aaron Gorm, the Senior Director of Enterprise Data and Analytics at JR Simplot. Aaron, good morning. Thanks so much for joining us today. Good morning. Thanks for having me. Yeah, of course. Well, I am excited to talk data with you. I just did a little check of your your uh, professional history, and it's so different from mine and so interesting. Uh, a lot of different agribusiness experience, so I'm excited to dive in. Before we do that, though, could you just explain a little bit more about what, what it means to run a full-stack data shop? Well, really... I mean, the world's kind of gets centralized and decentralized over time and they try to, you know, put functions in different areas and, and, you know, different data functions in different areas, whether it's in engineering or whether it's in the business. And I had the opportunity to run kind of by accident, really a, a pretty full stack data shop where I've got, I've got data quality. I've got master data. I've got a data services team and then I have my data and analytics team and data science team and we're all kind of work, we kind of club together. It's been a really needed experience to have that and be able to have a lot of synergies that you wouldn't normally get when everything's fragmented. Uh, you're able to work together, uh, able to really kind of accelerate each other's learning. So if one team figures something out here, everybody else is immediately re- the recipient of that knowledge. So it really helps to increase the speed of innovation across uh, very different disciplines within the data space. Is that a common setup uh, in organizations or do you find it to be a little less uh, or a little more rare? I think it's a little more rare. They usually will have like the master data folks and the data quality folks in kind of one area. Then you'll have your data and analytics folks in a pod and then you'll have your data scientists doing R&D type stuff. And they don't necessarily, I mean, they're, they're not like at odds with each other. They're not, you know, adversaries, but it's just they, they don't necessarily have that very tight grouping and connection that you'd have when you have everybody in one organization. Yeah, right. It's like, it's not totally siloed, but there is that, it's it's not such clear lines of communication with everyone. Well, how did, how did this come about? Um, how do you get an organization to consider going uh, full stack with their, their data shop? It was kind of a, well, I would say it's an accident, but I'm, anybody, it, we had, uh, before, COVID, we were working on an SAP journey where we were, we had a large consultant in and we had basically this whole group of folks I was leading it, had their own master data, data conversion, data quality, 
and we were really focused on on that to bolt that into our world and change out some of our ERPs. And there was the Enterprise Data and Analytics Organization, which was separate and distinct from what we were doing. And I think that was kind of by design, uh, just because you don't want the old, the, the running the railroad everyday stuff to get in the middle of a big conversion initiative like this. So um, so we, we started that program, uh, we paused it, and they ended up moving my organization under the Enterprise Data and Analytics Organization, which was Again, it was kind of a happy accident where I had a, a supervisor there who was a great person, didn't necessarily understand my function that well, but was really good about, you know, letting me sort of run my own rig and do my own thing to make sure I kept moving the, you know, the data conversion process forward. Basically, we decided to pause this big SAP implementation, but not stop it. So the team was able to kind of continue moving. And then when... uh we had a couple of leaders leave and I ended up in the position and I inherited sort of the whole, the whole thing. And what I'm really excited about is just what some of the things we're able to see and do between the teams that really are pretty special. So we're still, we've started our SAP journey again. We are, you know, converting data. We're getting it ready to go to get loaded into SAP. But then my data and analytics people get to take advantage of that. You know, they, they learn the magic decoder ring from the old to the new. And then, and then our data scientists then take advantage of that as well. So it really helps to make things very seamless when it comes to, you know, being able to convert data, which is very, very tedious and time consuming for organizations because you you do typically have them siloed they don't typically get the chance to take advantage of each other in a direct way and and um anyway it's been it's been a pretty a pretty nice uh shift i think for me to see that happen in my organization and were there you know challenges that you anticipated as this was uh as you were setting up this team and you know if so what did you do to overcome those i think some of the challenges that we we've had are really around the the different missions of the different teams, right? So I've got my master data team, my data quality team, and they're really focused on this SAP thing. My data and analytics team's focused on like legacy stuff and getting ready to make a pretty big conversion into the cloud. And my data scientists are off sort of doing data science-y, you know, voodoo witchcraft and, and that sort of thing. But really it's been, you know, we've had a couple of issues where just the teams weren't necessarily talking to each other. The teams weren't being deliberate about working with each other. And I think getting that and kind of building that trust and building that culture uh, to allow that to happen has been something that wasn't, it didn't come for free, but once it's there, it's like now they, the resources know how to talk to each other. They know when to engage each other. It's sort of sort of building those informal relationships, networks, and, and engagement models that has really been uh, pretty powerful stuff. And can you share any you know, quick wins or valuable elements that have come to the company by having your whole team together. Sure thing. So it's part of this SAP project. Um, I mean, SAP is a 900 pound gorilla of a system, right? And it just takes, it, it does a lot of stuff. We have this legacy footprint that's very chaotic and confusing. And really some of the things we've been able to do getting like, for example, getting the data prepped for getting loaded into SAP We've had to go back and figure out, well, what does the legacy data look like? How do you make it turn and twist it and spin, you know, shine it up and ready, get it ready to go into the new world? We have our that set of rules that converts things across. Well, so we're working on that. At the same time, you know, we still have to run the railroad when it comes to reporting and analytics. And so by having the teams together, the one team sort of creates the, the data quality team sort of creates that Rosetta Stone, that magic decoder ring that then pulls that then the other team can immediately take advantage of. So 
basically instead of having this, we go to production and then we wait for six months and then the reports come out, we're able to be much closer to that end of production because we don't have to have two teams effectively doing the same thing to transform the data into one area. And I imagine with business units, this makes you fairly popular uh, if you're able to get them their requests and share that data out more quickly and even perhaps more coherently uh, working with everyone involved. It, it's We've worked really hard to align ourselves to the business value that, that they are wanting from us over the last couple of years. Uh, we've seen some really good improvements. And I think that sort of the speed to market is a big one. Um, or being able to consistently deliver is another big one. But really, the one of the things that's nice is we have a level of system and data expertise already within the team so that now we don't have to bug the application engineers and application analysts to go get answers. We know a lot about these systems and these and this data so that, again, just it just reduces friction within my or the overall IT organization and allows us to deliver a lot faster than we were in the past. And it seems like uh, J.R. Simplot was, was invested in making this change and perhaps circumstances helped make that happen. But what would you say to someone who works in an organization who maybe isn't as open to this? How could you maybe start talking to the business about why uh, you should consider going in and creating a full stack data shop? Well, I think for me, I mean, again, my my situation and my circumstances are probably a little bit different than other folks. I mean, after all, who isn't doing a greenfield implementation of SAP in 2024, right? I mean, that's pretty normal. But it took like some pretty large catastrophic event to to kind of get us there. But really, the I think that there there's a real good rationale for it with regards to just how you deliver. And the technology and everything is changing so fast in the data space that being able to line up your data folks across your organization, even if they're in different disciplines, just gives you the ability to do more faster and more, and more consistently than you could have in the past. You know, having a common set of rules of the road of how you're going to engineer uh, solutions and and certainly whether you're going to engineer long term solutions or like really tactical solutions, it just gives you the it just gives you more consistency and ability and and understanding and predictability, so that it just you're just a more effective business partner overall. I'm trying to think. There are reasons why genuine reasons why you might want to have the sort of decentralized version of of your data and analytics team in your overall teams. But, you know, typically those are with mature organizations that really know how to operate and they're they're working their own in a consistent way. But my organization's not like that. My organization's got multiple data warehouses by business unit. We have multiple processes, multiple ways of working. And so every time there's a problem, there's no way to move people from team A to team B to fix it because it's just, it's might as well be in like an alien language. Uh, even though it's the same tools and everything, that the how you approach the work is very different. And for us, there's a real need, especially now as we're starting to move into the cloud, there's a real need for us to work in a consistent way to really shed some of that legacy thinking and really be more interdependent than independent. And there's a lot of power early on in these programs where you kind of get one shot at it, but you can treat data as a sort of an agnostic object. And then everybody gets to take advantage of what that one person did, as opposed to what we have now, which is everybody's doing similar things across the board and everybody's invested similar time to do that. So I've got three, four X, the amount of effort going into the same problem. So it's really, it gives you the chance to solve the problem once and then let you, again, let people do the value added activities that are important to the business 
like doing analytics as opposed to just having to kind of move data around and recast it and, you know, and reorganize it. So that to me is a, a, the real key for centralization is just the ability to get people working in the same way. It's going to make my organization more flexible. It's going to give, make, give me the opportunity to move people from team to team. And it's just going to make it so that we could bring in contractors and it's not going to be a, all right, here's your six month education plan before we let you do anything because the world's so crazy and complicated. This should make things a little more simple. Yeah, that runway becomes much shorter uh, for getting anything done. And as you said, even onboarding uh, any new team member, I can imagine uh, the <laughs> trying to understand legacy systems and incorporating it has got to be a huge amount of work for anyone who's onboarding someone to the team. Yeah, I mean, we have, I mean, just, I mean, we have like a half dozen different ERPs in place. And then there's all the other tangential systems that are spin off of that. So it's just, it's a real challenge to come in and just start working in our world. And no, and everybody's, look, we're not unique. I mean, everybody's got their own, you know, weird stuff in their, in the basement there, but, but yeah, it just, uh, it, it should make our world to be able to innovate and provide insights just much more efficient and effective. So Aaron, you were talking about, you know, different parts of the business using different systems, different technologies, everyone's sort of working in their own programs. And as you bring everyone under the the same roof when it comes to data, I'm sure there were some challenges there. Are there lessons you've learned around perhaps the change management piece of getting people to let go of what they know and moving into this new system? Good question. And I think the it was interesting. I tell you what, I was very surprised. And let's just take, uh, you know, moving from from our legacy world into like SAP. Uh, there's obviously a lot of noise and fury and gnashing of teeth and, and all that that typically happens with something that big. But the reality is, is that, you know, whether you're in IT or in the business, everybody knows the world's way too complicated right now. So the I think being able to sell like the simplicity aspect of this and like this is a, you know, there's a obviously there's a business value to to making these kind of changes but then there's also the you know hey this is going to be this makes our life a lot more simple it takes care of a lot of stuff that we don't that today we've got running on spreadsheets and access databases and these elaborate etl processes that that go um there's there's some big advantages there and i think the really the the important one is is to it just to kind of sell the value the other thing that was important i think is to calm people down Everybody, when these things go up and these things start, these big giant, you know, elephants start moving ponderous down the road. Everybody's always insistent that they missed all the most important meetings and they, they, they're too late and they're late to the game and they need to know everything right now and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, the reality is, is that when you have a big situation like this, you know, when you're doing up to a big change like this early on, people have a high level blueprint and framework of what's going to happen, but there's a zillion decisions that have to get made before it's really ready. And just getting people to sort of focus on what we know now, what can we do now? What do we, you know, what are we dealing with now to, to make some progress is really important. I think some people get hung up on wanting to have all the answers before they do anything. And really the, the reality is you just can't wait and just and it also doesn't really behoove you to wait. There's something powerful about just getting in there and learning it and making mistakes kind of for free um, before you really have to, you know, before it really counts and it's in front of the business and you're, you're making decisions with that data. But I think that's the big one. It's just, it's just 
you know, getting people's expectations set and making sure that they know, hey, this is not all baked out and there's this is going to have twists and turns in, in it and just work your way through it. Oh, I think that's fantastic advice for anyone who is either going through this process or thinking about going through it. And part of what I really enjoyed about our conversation, Aaron, is that you work in an industry where I'm not going to say not many people do, but it's it's a bit of a niching industry. And what you've been talking to us about data and transformation is, I think, universal. And so one of the things I love about talking about data is that it is a common language for people. And the challenges that we have, regardless of our industry or organization size, are really felt across the board. And we're all sort of going through these changes together. So I really appreciate you sharing your insights and expertise on running that full stack data shop uh, at JR Simplot. Well, that's going to wrap our episode for today. Thanks again to Aaron Gorham, the Senior Director of Enterprise Data and Analytics at JR Simplot for joining us. In part two of this interview, which we'll publish tomorrow, Aaron and I are going to discuss how to evolve a legacy organization through tech. If you can't wait until our next episode and would like to learn more about Aaron, you can find a link to his LinkedIn profile in our show notes. You can also contact him on Twitter, where his handle is at Aaron Gorham, A-A-R-O-N dash G-O-R-H-A-M, or visit his company website at simplot.com. If you didn't have a chance to take notes while listening to this podcast, head over to datadrivenpod.com, where we have summaries of all our episodes and contact information for our guests. And if you want to share your most compelling narratives with our audience of data storytellers, you can apply to be a guest speaker on the Data Driven Podcast. Of course, you can always contact me directly at linkedin.com slash in slash Deidre Downing, or find us at StoryIQ on LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. If you haven't subscribed yet and want a steady stream of data-driven brilliance in your podcast feed, we're publishing multiple episodes each week. So hit that subscribe button in your podcast app and we'll be back in your feed tomorrow. All right, that's all for today. But until next time, remember that when it comes to data, less is more. Uh